I think the most stressful thing for mom is she tries to have a good budget and all of these things pop up with the kids and it comes out of her yeah. pocket and then she has no money to go to Starbucks for that mental health moment. Right. Or there's no money for her to get a new outfit because they, they just keep sucking up all the money. And so what you want to do is have a kid envelope specifically yeah. and then your own spending money specifically too because you deserve to just know, okay, if I want to treat myself, if I want to do this, I can and my kids are not going to take all of the monies. Mama! Let's reimagine mom life together. Mama Has Schools is your hub for relatable support and helpful resources that help you fuel yourself alongside motherhood. Your identity is bigger than mom, and whatever your goals are, together we're making them a reality. Mama Has Schools is solely built on the idea of bringing you the people, support, and resources you need to accomplish your goals and allow you to find out what that is for you. Because one resource is not the same for everyone. Everyone has different goals, a different life, and a different way they want to approach things. So what I do is bring experts to you to find who the best one is to support your dreams, goals, desires, ambitions, and way of doing life. And today we have two amazing resources, Shana and Vanessa, who are best friends, business partners, and Dave Ramsey Solutions Masters Financial Coaches. They are also unofficial marriage coaches, as they say, because they support your family finding the right way to operate through your finances. We know that financial stress is one of the biggest strains on a happy, healthy home. And this is one approach to make sure that you can get out of debt, have money to do things that light you up, and spend time as a family making memories rather than just counting dimes. And while they are using the Dave Ramsey solutions, if you're not familiar with Dave Ramsey, he's pretty strict on his getting out of debt formula and how to save money and how to really live life in a way that you think about your finances. So this might not be the right approach for you. And if it's not, we have lots of other resources. But Dave Ramsey has helped a lot of people get out of debt. So you'll have to use your knowledge of yourself to figure out if this approach is right for you. Now, Shana and Vanessa do give their own little spin on it because they're moms and they understand that you can't always just say no to that birthday party and you want to go do those really fun things. They're even going to with their kids to Europe for two weeks. And they talk about how they set this up for their kids to do their chores and get money to be able to buy their own things, how they make fun in their household, and what they do to talk about finances and make sure that they're living within their means and still having a good time. So if you're looking for a more systematic approach to saving money and getting out of debt, and giving yourself some boundaries while a little bit of flexibility, this is a great episode for you. It is always good to get perspective and take pieces, if not all, to make your goals happen. So mama, let's dive in and make sure that we all are having a fun and financially sound summer. Shane and Vanessa, I'm super excited to have you guys here today. We were just chatting behind the scenes and I was like, should we click record? And so bringing you guys up to speed, what we were just chatting about, as I said, were you guys stay-at-home moms when this started or how did you get started? And we're going to jump into all the nitty gritty talking about money and savings and so many good tips, tricks and things you should know. But out of mom world scale, how'd you guys get here? So we've been best friends since our boys were four. So it's been uh, 10 years now. And we were stay-at-home moms at the time, working through maybe trying like trying to figure out what that next step was for us. I think she was trying to go into journalism. I was trying to go into a different role. But we really spent a lot of time at church together at the YMCA and our boys grew up playing together and trying to navigate the whole working mom or what does that look like after you have kids and what is your new identity? It was a journey together for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. So we kind of ebbed and flowed is, is the right thing. We've been friends since the boys were four. They were in VPK together, which is before kindergarten. And now they're almost 15. So they're going to be freshmen. So I moved away and came back. And what had happened was I used to be a personal trainer and people would come to me with all of their other problems. So I went ahead and got certified with Dave Ramsey. And meanwhile, in Florida, what was going on with you, Vanessa? So I was in a job where I was not happy. It's called um, soul crushing. Yeah. It was soul crushing. <laughs> and it, you know, it's, it, it was soul crushing behind the scenes. It was one of those jobs where like 
front, everything was fine and it was made to look good. And then behind the scenes, everything you had to go through. And I just, I knew I didn't want to be part of that. And so I remember praying to God going, what am I supposed to be doing next? What does this look like for me? And that same, and I told him, I need neon shining lights. I don't do well with suggestions or like little hands. I don't yeah. do that. And Shana that exact week said, and I've always been really good with finances and I have a big story there. And Shana said, you need to get your certification and do this with me. And I said, done. (laughs) I'm moving back to Florida. Yes. And we're going to do, we need to do this together. And she's like, wow, that sounds like a neon flashing sign. (laughs) So I said, and go. So that was in 2019. And we uh, came together when she moved back and we figured out like, what does this look like? And then we officially formed our business. On April 1st, so April Fool's Day, smack dab in the middle of the pandemic in 2020. <laughs> yep. It was a really good time, really great day to start a business. I think that it just goes to show, though, whether it's finances, motherhood, anything, like you can't wait for the next day because it's just April 1st and you're not sure like how that's going to play out or you have to follow those signs and just go for it. So that yeah. is such a great story. So you know, what were your backgrounds to make you feel qualified? And even if it's not the actual certification, like it's great that you got that, but more the interest of being like, yeah, you know, I want to pursue this. I want to teach people to that because I think qualifications aren't just a piece of paper. So what happened to bring you to be like, yes, this is super important for us to teach and be a part of sharing and supporting families? I really want to hit on that because I think that's such a great point. I have so many certifications and they're all (laughs) junk and I could throw them all in the trash. And I shouldn't say they don't help with anything, but it's very minimal compared to actually getting your feet wet, doing the thing, learning as you go and just trusting that process. Because people want to know, can you help me? They don't really care how many certifications you have. Well, And that's the other thing. Let me tell you how many times people have asked. I remember. So, for example, when I got my personal training certification, I got the best one because that's what you do. And nobody cared. Literally nobody cared. It was the hardest one. I was stressed out, whatever. I got that certification. And how many people do you think ever asked me? I do think made me feel qualified. How I made them feel yeah. and whether I got them results. Those are the things that qualify me, I felt, as a coach. Those are things I can do. I can break it down into action steps and I can encourage you. And so that, just being able to see myself doing that in different things is what made me feel good about finances. And also, it just seems simple enough to do. Mm-hmm. And so that, I guess that would be why I felt qualified. And then I've been through FPU like three times. And is FPU Dave's program? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fun Peace University. Yeah, that's like the, I guess, totally starter step is kind of where he has everyone begin. So, you know, when Shane and I became friends, she gave me the book, Total Money Makeover. And she said, here, do this. And I read it, loved it so much. And it completely changed my husband and I's trajectory with our family and where we were going. I went to Europe for three months with the kids and really found out who I was, what I valued, what was really important to us, how we wanted to raise our kids and came back and basically sold everything. (laughs) And from that became mortgage-free and debt-free. And I was always financially wired. And I had somebody tell me like, don't um, back away from that. And sometimes you feel like your money motivated and I want to make sure I wasn't crossing that line. And she had told me years before, you should become a financial coach. And I thought, what does that mean? What do you do? And so I like pushed that aside. And then it, it came up again in conversation in 2019. And, and I said, okay, yes, I'm going to do that. I obviously have done this so far with my money and, and my journey. And I could probably teach that. So the whole thing came to, you're now going to teach other people how to, how to do this and live this way. And so it's definitely full circle. And I just want to throw it out there for anybody thinking about, try, you know, you have goals and you, you're maybe feeling a little trepidatious. Her first client still didn't know and for four years that she was the first client, but she helped this person who is a millionaire pay off four rental properties. But she had no idea that she was her first client. So much of it's in your head and just get started. I think that's for sure what we would say. I think that is really important with anything, right? You have to take that first step. And in the business world, we always talk about everyone started with one follower. Everyone started with one person on their email list. Everyone starts with one client and everyone starts with, the first night being a mom, like everyone figures it out and you don't know all of a sudden how to raise a 15 year old, right? Like your boys are freshmen. My boys are my oldest is four. So I was in that same boat and I don't know how to raise a 15 year old boy, but I'm sure I'll figure it out by the time I get there or I won't. I'll figure it out in the moment. But I think that's important for everyone to hear. And I appreciate you sharing that is there are steps that you take, like sometimes education and certification and also doing it first, like leading by example. But then you figure it out as you go and you have to be proud of yourself as you go along the way. 
I just love the quote, give yourself permission to be a beginner. Yeah. And it's totally fine. Just be a beginner and you can learn as you go. Yeah. And I think I was recently listening to a podcast and he talked about the difference between your passions mm-hmm. and what you're good at. And a lot of times you want to follow our passion, follow our passion, which I don't think is wrong, but also take a minute to look at what are you good at? Because I just had this conversation with my, with my daughter. If somebody were to tell me when I was in college, you're going to be a financial coach and this is going to be your business, I would have laughed because my family, I come from a, a line of entrepreneurs. So I felt like that was always in my blood, but I actually thought it was going to be what yeah. they were doing and how they were, how they had their businesses. And looking back, no, I don't want any part of that. <laughs> thank God. And they finally sold those. But I would have never thought to become a financial coach, but that's just what I was really good at. It's what I understood and allowing me to follow what I'm good at allows me also to have fun with my passions on the other side. And, you know, sometimes it's hard for people who don't know that world exists, right? Like you said, what would a financial coach even look like? And even when I started this business, I didn't understand that's the whole premise of Mom Has Goals is showing the possibilities and how you can get not just ideas to start your own business and support others, but get the help from those people. Because a lot of people don't know that right. there's financial coaches out there like you guys to support them. And they're like, oh, gosh, I need to go either to a financial planner at my bank or I don't even know if I can trust those people where sometimes it's more helpful when you can see yourself. I know I would feel so much better sitting down with you guys and being like, okay, here's the deal. Like we have this goal with our family. You went to Europe for three months with your kids. Like I want to know how to do that. Being able to have those conversations and prioritize the things that are still important. And so that's what I'm excited to dig into because I think budgeting sometimes as a parent is difficult because you're like, I'm just trying to keep all the wheels spinning. Like I'm trying to make sure that I can take my kids to sports if they want to do that. And I can still donate to the school and I can show up and put food on the table and that maybe they get a couple new outfits for the first day of school and all of the things that are important to the kids, but you're also trying to balance. And so before we dig deeper, you guys mentioned that other people have controversial thoughts about Dave's Ramsey and you have your own journey of getting there. So I want to start there and just talk about how this is a solution for some people and how you've made it your own. Yeah, absolutely. We love Dave. We both used his system in in different ways, right? To kind of help us through this. I did the baby step, but honestly, completely backwards in some ways. And but that's just what worked for me. So yes, he has a system. It's worked for 30 years. We understand For millions that. of people. For millions of people. Yeah. And I was listening to a podcast the other day and she was talking about how she doesn't believe Dave Ramsey is a coach. He's a financial educator. Because it is a lot when you listen to a show and you hear yeah. the advice that he gives. It is based on his thoughts, his results, his opinions. And that's fine. That is what you're asking when you go to him. To a teacher. To yeah. any teacher. Right. That's what you're getting. So, you know, when you go to a coach, when you find a coach, we are asking our client, what is important to you? You. What do you want to accomplish? Is getting out of debt important to you or is it just trying to talk to your spouse about finances? Is it trying to uh, change your family legacy with your children? So we just really find out what our clients want and make sure that we gear our conversations, our coaching, our budget around them. Yeah. And so Dave has the scorched earth thing where it's rice or beans or yeah and that's just not first of all it's not exciting nobody wants to do that i shouldn't say nobody there are some people that want to do that but as a mom it's not as easy as it sounds and it can feel so overwhelming that you don't even want to start so that is where we're like no we're just going to start with what you just talked about kelsey how can i afford all of these things that the kids want let's get that system in place and then once we feel like we have some confidence there then let's look at what are your other, do you want to get out of debt so that you can do more vacations or whatever? And, and like Vanessa said, we're looking at their goal, but we know for sure our lady, our lady, she does not want to give up her pumpkin spice lattes okay? or her hair appointment or her hair appointment. And we're fine with that. We can budget that in yeah. and you can still make progress. That, and that, and that's where the difference with him, with what we believe is you can still have a life. So there's two main things that we really differ. First of all, we know, for example, we only have, uh, oh gosh. Let's not talk about it, but we only have four more summers with our son, four more spring breaks. As a mom, are you going to say, nope, no more vacations because we're trying to hit this goal? Or is the memories that I get to make with my kids yeah. more important than that? Probably, first yeah. of all. And then another place where we really disagree is we believe that your health is an investment. And if you don't have your health, you don't have your wealth. So we're not going to, we're not going to say rice and beans. We're going to say, if you believe in eating healthy for you and your family, we're going to prioritize that. We believe you can do it on a budget. But we're not going to ask you to do that. We're going to say, if you're not eating healthy and your kids are not eating healthy right now, you're going to pay for it in medicine, prescription, right. illness, doctor visit anyway, 
or the dentist if yeah. their cavities, right? So we want to prioritize that as an investment in the budget as well. So those are some of the differences that we have. But like we said, we love him. We think he's done so much good yeah. in the world. He's just like Vanessa said, it's kind of a starter system. It's something to do. And people- it's something to- spark, like right. spark that fire. And once you get, and that's always how it is. Once you get some discipline and you get some habits in place, then you start to tweak it for what makes more sense for you and your family. Yeah. For instance, I just had a client, I showed them how they were able to put $300 toward their daughter's birthday party and get their oil changes, both of them on time and replace the windshield. And I think go on like a, a date night weekend and also pay off 12 of their debt. So it's like, yeah. you can do both. And they both also had pocket money. So it was just, it was eye-opening for them to realize, oh, I don't have to live in such a scarcity yeah. mindset. You can have both and feel good about it, right? And, yeah. and know that I can spend this money on here, but also all of this is happening on the other side. I love so many of the things you brought up because, yeah, we don't want to shame people into not going to Starbucks if that's like going to bring you joy that day or like truly sometimes that's what you feel like you need that day for your mental health, right? Like if that's bringing you joy as a mom to sit in your car and drink Starbucks, I am here for it. So go and do that. And also understand that if you do that three times a day for the next three years, it is going to have an impact on your finances and your health. (laughs) And so how are we going to make a balance between that? And so you guys use a term to set your bank up as a personal assistant. I want you to talk a little bit about that because not only do we probably all as moms be like, yep, I want a personal assistant, but also if it's going to help me make money. So what does that look like? Yes. The truth is we live in a digital world. We are digital people. So we want to lean into that. And what we know is a lot of people are doing what we call bank account balancing. So when they're at the checkout, they're looking at their bank app to see if they have enough money for whatever they're about to buy. So we're leaning into that bank account balancing practice with our system. Yeah. Might as well just work with the habits that you're already doing. Mm -hmm. So if you're checking your bank account to hope that there's money or do the calculations, like what bills are coming out, what's in processing, what still has to come out. Oh, does that mean I have money for groceries? If you're doing all of that already, let's just work with that. And so one of the things we talk about is to separate. Mm -hmm. You need to separate your bills from your spending. And when we talk about spending, that's like everything that you swipe for, you pay cash for, which is usually your pumpkin spice lattes, your groceries and your things like that. You need to have two separate checking accounts for those. Yeah. The overview of using your bank as a just really quick as a personal assistant is you're going to have an account that's specifically for your bills only and is funded and those bills are going to get paid automatically and they're going to be completely separate from any spending. So you never have to worry if a bill is going to bounce or if a bill has been paid. Right. So it's all over there working for you. You fund it automatically. It gets paid automatically. You can watch it or not, whichever one brings you joy. And it's over there. And then the other part of the system is the spending accounts. So then from there, we're going to allot certain amounts and we have clients do it different ways. Yep. So sometimes they have one spending account for their gas spending and groceries, or sometimes they have an, if they're really special, they will have a gas account, a spending account, a grocery account, yeah. and then they know they have debit cards to go off all of them. That works and too. And they're all labeled. Yeah. And they're all <laughs> labeled. Don't worry about that. And then the other part of this that's really important is the savings buckets, which we can yeah. get into more details, but. Like you said, if I want to go to Europe, I need to start saving for it now because it's not $5. So we are going to have you set up a bank account that is going to say Europe or, you know, Greece or Italy or Portugal or wherever you're going, because that's exciting to relabel the account. And then it's going to be automatically funded with transfers, every paycheck, whatever you can afford. So that money starts stacking up automatically and your bank did it for you. You didn't have to do anything. And it's really amazing. So the, the wonderful thing about this is that Dave talks about the envelope system. So this is basically a digital version of that because like Shana said, we are in a digital world. Let's just lean into what that looks like. Obviously, you need to have a bank that works for you. There's mm-hmm. a lot of banks that charge so many fees and transaction limits and requirements, and all that. So just just find one that doesn't have any. And so you can have these extra saving buckets accounts for travel and for Christmas because, hey, guess what? That's December 25th every year. And people forget that until Black Friday. The idea is that you have these Christmas accounts and maybe a vacation account, maybe a vehicle maintenance account because Mm -hmm. you need to get tires you're rotated and alignments and things like that. And maybe you have some home repairs that you're trying to save up for, right? So if you have these different accounts, and here's another big one, there's two big ones, pets and kits. Mm, Don't forget that your pets have their annual visits and shots and heartworm medicine. And then your kids have birthday parties. They have too many friends. (laughs) And they have all these birthday parties that you have to budget for and maybe school events and classroom projects or whatever that you have to get. We like to have some of these main accounts as savings buckets where you're starting to put a little bit of money into them each paycheck. So for instance, my husband gets paid every Wednesday. So 
Wednesday night, the money comes in. Thursday morning, all of the transfers happen. So I pay myself with my gas. The vacation money goes in. The vehicle maintenance money goes in. All of that. The money goes into the bills account. I don't have yeah. to do anything. Nope. I know his paycheck is exactly the same. So if the paycheck isn't the same, yes, you may have a little bit more work where you have to manually go in and, in there and do that. But if your paycheck is exactly the same every time, you can set up these transfers to go out when the paycheck comes in and it's done. Like everything is funded. Yeah. And so when you start off with these savings bucket, this may be the first time you're doing this. So don't start off with, I need to put $100 in there every single month yeah. or 150 or $2. We get that. The idea is to start small. Yeah. Start up with five or $10 or $20 yep. a paycheck to put into these accounts to start watching it grow. And eventually, once you get everything systemized, you can go more. And this is what's really cool, Kelsey, is because most people are, are living paycheck to paycheck. And even if they have enough to cover in between, it still feels like I kind of needed to be payday, you know, and then this paycheck pays for this and this paycheck. for, And then that's just stressful. Like yeah. just thinking about you trying to do that while you're trying to get the toddler to not play with the ketchup all over the table like that's not fair you don't have time for that okay so that's what this system does every paycheck gets deposited into bills and then some of it goes to all the different other things that you said were your goals and you just have money everywhere and you don't have to think about it you don't have to work worry about it. you don't have to do it yeah and we talk about the mental load a lot of motherhood and that's really what you're saying is saying like we know you're carrying all this mental load so let's set this up once so you don't have to think about it all the time and it's bringing me back because I was very not I had zero money when I was in college. I was typically looking at like two dollars in my bank account when I was in college, trying to make it work, working three jobs. And the very first thing I did was set up a monthly transfer. I couldn't even do it each paycheck, but I set up a monthly transfer that went from my checkings to my savings for 20 bucks. And that did build and it did get it was the first time I even had a savings account after a while. And it's, you know, it's bringing me back to basics, just hearing you talk about this and how important those foundational basics are. But I will say the first thought that comes up for me is what about credit card points? If I'm using these different debit cards and I'm using these savings accounts, like now my credit card points pay for a lot. So what would you recommend for that? So here's the thing about credit card points. The reason you're able to get credit card points is for because the credit card company charges the company that you use the card for the fees. So all small business owners, if we take credit card, three to 5% interest or a fee that we're charged is what pays your Mm -hmm. credit card. And so when I thought of it that way, we have a lot of small business owners that we coach and they all complain about them. They all complain about the fees and, and they hate it. And so for me, I thought about like, oh my gosh, if everyone just did ACH payments, everyone just did the straight, the 1% transfer fee, that would save everyone so much money. And also the small business owner that's having to take the credit card for you to get your points. You didn't, nobody gets rich off of credit card points. You didn't, you're not going to build wealth off of credit card points. And you're going to actually spend more money using that credit card if you were to budget amount for Mm -hmm. groceries. Because for instance, if you go to the grocery store with $200 in your gas and groceries account, you're spending $200. It's not, I'm going to spend 220 because I said I was going to spend 200, but I also, this yeah. limit is like $5,000. So it's not a big deal if I go over. Every time you go over, you're stealing money from your future self. Yeah. Using your credit card is not budgeting. So right. if you, if your goal is to get credit card, credit card points, that's fine. That's your goal. But if your goal, mom and has goals, people yeah. is to master your money, to build wealth, yeah. to get in control of your finances, to stop obsessing about whether or not I have this, to stop stressing, to communicate better with your spouse, to teach your kids good financial yeah. habits. Credit cards are not, they're not in the picture. And that doesn't mean they never can be. That, that just means you've got to get the system and the discipline down for the yeah. budget and exactly knowing. And we can talk about, we do have clients that use, that do points sometimes. And we can talk about that. We can add that back in once we know that we have everything set up. Right. And everything is going according to what your goals and your vision is for your finances. But like Vanessa said, one, wealthy people don't care about credit card points. It reminds me, although I know it's a lot easier now, but it reminds me of, remember when everybody couponed and was like, this took me a long time to figure out. It's like out. a full-time job. Yeah, I was like, oh. I'm part of this credit card point group thing. And like to see the amount of work and effort that they put into this yeah. to get what they want out of it, like it's just overwhelming. Yeah, and the numbers, like pure numbers, which none of us, she literally loves numbers. None of us love numbers this much, but the pure numbers are going to show that you're going to save more money 
for your own self yeah. by not using a credit card than you're going to gain by um, getting credit card points. Now, I know that's not what the credit card companies want you to think. They want you to be like, look how much money you've made all year because you used our credit card. But like Vanessa said, what you won't spend because you're not using a credit card will be more than that. But yeah, again, it's it. That is the number one thing. And, and again, going back to Dave Ramsey, he is an educator. We are coaches and we are working with each individual situation, which is all yeah. very different. They're all so different. Everybody has a different uh, story yeah. and different goals. And so we can, we work with all of that, but we are going to tell you just like we did. We're going to tell you the truth, the real truth. And then we're going to see what you think. And then we'll go from there. And just know that credit card companies, like their marketing budget is more than you and I will probably make yeah. in a lifetime. And so- they know what they're doing. They're very smart. They know exactly how to get you yeah. to use it. And we're not saying we're not, we're against credit cards because of Dave Ramsey. We are against credit cards because we've seen what they do to our clients, what they've done to ours. I will tell you, after I became mortgage free and debt free, I had a client that said, Hey, I want to try this credit card point thing. And I thought, well, before I teach you to do it, I'm going to try to do it. And it did not go well. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm just going to fly out and tell you it was a terrible idea. We went down a rabbit hole again. We got, we went back into debt because there's the credit card limit is however yeah. so much, right? And so we weren't spending just the $200 on our groceries. We weren't spending just the amount that we budgeted for vacation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it didn't work for us. It was really hard. And so I, we stopped that immediately. Yeah. Let me just, I know we've talked a lot. No, which we didn't mean it's great. To, but I just want to ask this question. Why do you think the credit card company is offering you points? Mm-hmm. Do you think it's because they're altruistic and they have your best interests at heart? Or do you honestly know and you're intuitively can tell that they're making money off of you and that's the only reason that they're offering it because they're a for-profit business, right? right? They're not doing it because they're just like, this will help that sweet mama out. No, they're making so much money because you believe credit card points are the way to go and they're fine with that. That's why they're doing it. So just ask yourself that question and then see if you want to be in that position. I think you make some really good points because I'm thinking back to when I got my first credit card and it is so important to have good credit card habits. Like you're saying, like you need to be able to pay that credit card off in full. You need to make sure that you're still hitting those budgets. Like I think to your point, if you are going to go into the grocery store and you're going to spend more because your credit card has a higher balance, then yeah, you shouldn't be using a credit card. You shouldn't be doing that. That's exactly why you're going to people like you to get support and get help to be able to do that. I think my brain is also going places with like large businesses, right? Like between my husband and I, we have five businesses and there are certain things that like we have to use credit cards for. And that's where points do come into play, right? Yes, the credit card company is charging someone else. Yes, they're making money off of us. But I'm also able to do some cool things because of that. And it wouldn't make sense for just our household only if we're trying to get out of debt to be focusing on credit card points and be able to become debt free if I was just focusing on like a points program. And that's definitely not what I would advocate for either is being like, oh, but if I do this, I'm going to get points. Yeah, that's not going to set you up for success. It's not going to work out that way. So I do think that's a really important point. What are some of the ways that people can save for those bigger expenses? You talked about the holidays, the things coming up. You talk about the bank accounts. And you also talk about making each pain check the same so that you don't have that mental load. What does that actually look like? If someone gets off the call today, off the podcast, and they go and they take action, what is the first thing they can do to be like, oh my gosh, we're still six months out at the time of recording this from the holiday season. So what action can they take today to be like, okay, I feel a little more prepared? Super simple. Yeah. This is super simple. First first step, write down all the things that you think you spend uh, a large amount on annually, which like Vanessa said, there's dogs, there's the trips, there's the Christmas, there's the house, there's a vehicle, whatever. So write those down because everybody's different. Again, we have a huge list that we can give you, but everybody has different ones. But when it, so taking the example of Christmas, now you need to calculate, and this is key. How much are you going to spend on Christmas? So there's two questions you want to ask yourself. How much do I normally spend and how much do I want yeah. right. spending? And, and that's a very personal question. And especially in context to your budget. Yeah. If you have different goals than wanting to spend all the money on Christmas, then you want to make sure you take that in account. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Whatever your amount is, then you're going to divide that amount by the amount of months you have until it's that simple. So if it's, yo, gosh, don't make me do math in public. Let's go with a good number, guys. $3,000 and we have six months left. Is that $500? Okay. If, if you needed $3,000 for Christmas, and you have six months left, then you're going to want to be putting $500 aside into that account every month. 
and then you'll know that you have enough by Christmas. And here's the key that I love about the Christmas sinking fund in, in particular. When you see something on sale or something that delights you to per, buy, to be able to give your somebody at Christmas throughout the year, you're able to mm-hmm. buy it instead of having to wait for all of these rush decisions that maybe you're not sure if that was the right thing. You'll have money in constantly in there to buy these things and set it aside for Christmas, which is a different feeling yeah. than most people have for Christmas. They're just rushing around crazy trying to figure out what they're going to do. So the idea is to take the amount of money that you want to budget for that specific item, like Shana said, whether it's kids, home, repair, Christmas, divide it by 12 months. What we're trying to do is divide it by 12 months. If, like Shana said, Christmas is six months away, then you take it and divide it by the six months. But we like to tell clients, try to have your Christmas budget done by the end of October because most of the bulk spending happens in November and December. We get that. And if you can feel good to say, okay, I've been budgeting all year. I've got this little thing in July. I got this little thing in August or September for somebody. If you can have the bulk of it done by November 1st, so you can really have two months of your holiday parties and things like that to spend your money. And then on November 1st for that month, you're already starting to budget for next Christmas because you're budgeting now for 12 months. So take that amount, divide it by 12. And now you have 12 full months to budget for it. It just makes you feel better. And when you can chunk it down to smaller amounts like that, it's just more manageable. And I do want to say your oldest is four. And I know this just, it just starts at four and then it just creeps. Anyway, the kid envelope, kid budget, the kid sinking fund. This is so important. So right now, Think about how much do my kids cost me a year? I think it's maybe a little easier when they're four, possibly, but you're going to need their clothing. They keep growing. So annoying. And then the younger they are, the more birthday parties. Like everybody, let's all have the 12 people uh, for the birthday. And then if they play sports, let's consider summer all camp. of summer camps, all of these different things that you pay for your kids every year. Let's make an item for that because this is, I think, the most stressful thing for mom is she tries to have a good budget and all of these things pop up with the kids and it comes out of her yeah. pocket and then she has no money to go to Starbucks for that mental health moment. Right. Or there's no money for her to get a new outfit because they, they just keep sucking up all the money. And so what you want to do is have a kid envelope specifically yeah. and then your own spending money specifically too because you deserve to just know, okay, if I want to treat myself, if I want to do this, I can and my kids are not going to take all of the monies. But anyway, so the same thing with the kids. And it doesn't have to be perfect either, Kelsey. So you might forget something. That's fine. The next year you'll get better at it. But you just want to start setting money. And even if you don't, you can't mentally just start setting aside some money every month that you know is dedicated for the kids. And I do want to point out one of our favorite clients, because she has really young kids too. So they don't really have a lot of expenses other than the school that they go to, which is a big one. But they have a Chick-fil-A envelope. And so uh, the whole family knows that if they want to go to Chick-fil-A, let's check the envelope. How much do we have left? Okay, we, we can only go one more time. And the kids yeah. get involved. Yeah. Yeah. And the kids are involved and they can do the math and they can say, okay, if we go this week, we can't go next week or whatever. And so I think that's part of it too, is getting them involved. It starts to teach them some of those habits and decision making. Yeah. So the kids learn. It's not that we we're saying no or there's can't do it. We get to decide when we can. We're choosing to do this now based on our budget instead of it's always a no. I love that. And I think that there's so many things that we can teach our kids, right, about good financial habits. What are some of the things that have been the biggest impact in your guys' households? You want to make sure, (laughs) the biggest thing is, obviously, we grew up and we have different money baggage. Everybody, either maybe you came from a scarcity mindset or you came from abundant mindset, either both of those situations can hurt you negatively. So we want to make sure we don't create another one of ourselves with our kids. We know what we went through. We want to make sure our kids are set up differently. But just creating those positive, good habits habits around money and not making it like, we're broke. We can't. No, there's no money. Like You never want to talk like that with your kids. And also, they read facial expressions, right? They're very smart. They know exactly what's yeah. going on. So being positive about it. And like Shana said, we are choosing to do this or we have decided together that this is what we're going to do. And there's opportunity costs. In, in whatever decision you make. Like you said, if you decide to get pumpkin spice lattes every single week, that's obviously going to add up over time. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's okay. If we do the Chick-fil-A thing today, then we're not going to go out to eat for ice cream yeah. later, right? Yeah. So you just have to let, and, and honestly letting them to decide and bringing them into the conversation and it empowers them and helps them understand, okay, we can't, no is a complete sentence. We can't say yes all the time. It is okay to let them know we're going to do this, yeah. but not that. And I think, yeah, I think it's a balance between too much and too little and every parent kind of trends toward one or the other. So if you're one of these that, no, we can't, there's no money, we're broke, blah, 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 then your kids are going to pick up on that and they're going to 
have the same mentality. And then on the other hand, we just, I think we just started whoever we talked to recently. And she said, I got whatever I wanted Mm -hmm. all the time. And so I didn't realize that I had to not do that when it was my own money. So when she was a kid. So you just want to balance that. One of the best ways to do that is to find a way to empower your kids with their own money. Whether that is you paying them to do stuff around the house or extra chores, and then they manage that money, they get to say what I do with it. That's important. I do believe that if you're going to pay a kid an allowance, then they need to be paying for their own way in a lot of things. So that's the deal that my kids and I made. If I'm going to give you money every month, I'm not paying when you want to go skating with your friend or you want to go get ice cream. That's for you to pay for. And I'm fine with that because then you can decide. You decide what's in priority and what you want to do. And then the other thing, and we'll talk about this, is when they're earning money through, once they get a little older and they can start earning real money from doing different things, they can manage that too. And that really, uh, that particular thing turned my spender, my middle child, into a saver. Now she's much more of a saver because she's managing her own money. If we're waiting until they're 18 or they move out to teach them some of these skills, then what are you going to do? And I also think having them write it down, like this is what we tell our clients and and, and kids are no different. Have them write, a make a little budget for your nine-year-old, right? This is the amount of money you have. What do you want to spend it on? And this is what you're going to have left over. And so visually showing them that is going to make a big difference and it's going to make them think about how they're going to spend their money and why they want to spend it the way that they thought they did. And maybe it's not actually going to make sense. Yeah. So our kids pay at least a portion of their summer camps through their quote unquote side hustles and they have different ways of doing it. So Vanessa's kids have jars and they just put every time they earn money, they put certain things, certain monies in there, certain monies. That's good grammar. (laughs) Don't worry about that. My kids have a bank account and an envelope for summer camps. So then they have to split up to go put it into their bank account so that they learn how to manage, theoretically, how to manage a bank account. And then they put their money in the summer camps so that we can afford it, we can pay for it when it happens. And then they get to keep a little in their pocket to be able to spend at skating rink or whatever. So there's just a lot of different opportunities, but definitely, I think sometimes we can shy away because we feel like maybe I don't know, or maybe they're too young. They're not too young. They don't maybe need to know a lot of the complexities of your budget, but the earlier, the better. The earlier you can start that communication with them, mm-hmm. I, it's just going to end really well yeah. for them. You want them to have a good relationship long term. You want them to start off their marriage with the bank and money in the bank and knowing how to spend it and not going into credit card debt. But you want them to have that. Yeah. I love that you bring that up. We actually have a clear front piggy bank for our four-year-old. And right now the boys share it and they have bank accounts too, but they don't know those exist. But their front of it is clear. And I love that every time someone gives him $5 or a dollar, he finds one and we let him keep it for whatever reason. He he puts it in there. (laughs) And recently he wanted to go get a toy. And so I was like, let's go open up your bank, your piggy bank and let's see what's in there and we can pull it out. And so we pulled it out and it was we had driven by someone that was giving away a like workbench, like a toy workbench outside and they were selling it for $15 or something like that. And so I was like, let's go see what's in your piggy bank. And we opened it up and I was like, this is how much that is. This is your money from here. Do you want to use it to get that? And he was like, yeah, like I want to do that. I was like, OK, but then it's not going to be here anymore. So we're not going to be able to use it for different toys. Are you sure you want to use it for this? And he loves the thing and it was a great choice. But for me, it felt like a parenting win because I was like, okay, I don't know how much of this he's going to remember, but we're at least visually showing, okay, it was in a versions of a savings account. We're taking it out. We're going and making a transaction. I don't know what else I can teach too much it for, but we try to talk about it and have those conversations. But I think that you said, how do you teach your kids when you're going through it with yourself? And there's certain things that we can learn. And both of you started this when you weren't necessarily receiving a paycheck formally, right? So for our moms that are listening that are maybe trying to figure out how to implement this in the household and they're not the primary earner, what are some steps that they could take to navigate that conversation and have an active role in the finances in the house? I think it's really important to realize that one thing we want to make sure that everybody knows is how valuable you are as a mom, a wife. And so even though you're possibly not bringing in quote unquote income, your value is unquestionable. It outweighs that. And it's way, it's really, it's way more than money. It's hard to stay home with your kids. It's so hard. It is so hard. And it's also, you're worth more than rubies. Okay. That's what we know. But here's the deal. It doesn't matter if you are or not. The finances should never be on one person anyway. That's not Mm -hmm. fair either way. 
No, it's, it's just a lot of, bur- it's a big burden to manage the person who's taking care of the finances. And then it's a big burden for the person, if they're not, to go feel like they have to ask yeah. permission yeah. for money or to spend money or for something, right? We just want to remove that. Yeah. And so if only one person's doing it, it can become like a child parent relationship mm-hmm. where you're asking permission or it's mine, theirs, yours, whatever. We don't want to do that. <clears throat> we want to make the goal to do it together. And teamwork makes a dream work. All of your goals are like this for the most part, right? You want some goals for your kids. You want some goals for a vacation. You want some goals for when you can retire. All of your goals are the same. So of course you need to be on the same page with your finances. Now, how do we do that? So in a marriage, somebody's a free spirit, somebody's a nerd. And another person's like, let me do the spreadsheet. So that's fine. What we'd like to do is can we set up just one time a month to talk about it for the person that doesn't really want to talk about it? So I think sometimes we get in the danger of we have to talk about it a lot or it, it can be a burden to bring it up. The, the budget meeting is the answer as, yeah. as simple as it sounds. Ask the spouse, can we talk, can we sit down and talk about money, our goals once a month? And we love to see how fun we can make that. Whatever works. So yeah. bring the beer, bring the wine, bring snacks, bring whatever, bring your favorite food. Just make it fun and interesting. Put the kids to bed and have a little mini date night budget meeting with your spouse and just talk about all things. I want to reiterate really quick what Shana was talking about. You are valuable when you're a stay-at-home mom. I remember when I quit my job and literally our income was cut in half for me to do that. And so I immediately, my brain is like, I have to provide, provide, provide. And that was exhausting. But then, you know, you are the childcare Mm -hmm. provider. That is a paycheck. You are a chef. That is a paycheck. You are the house cleaner. You are the teacher. You are the interior designer. You are doing all of these things that also those add value. And they are a lot of money if you were to pay for them separate, right? Yeah. And so for me, it was like, how cheap can I get the electricity bill? Like, how much electricity can we save this month? And how much water? the cheapest groceries that I can buy, right? right. So there, there is a way for you to provide income, quote unquote, by saving. So that's the other part is what are you in charge of and how yeah. can you steward that? So y- yes, we want to have a conversation overall because it's both of our goals in the house. For me, for example, my husband was deployed for a year and it was just a mess. So whatever, he just sent me a thousand dollars a month or something. I don't remember what it was. And so that's what I could really yeah. work with. That's the thing. I was like, I'm going to budget this. I'm going to teach my kids about money with this. I'm going to do the grocery. And yeah. for example, groceries is the number one thing you can help out with is having a monthly plan and how much it's going to cost you to do groceries, not to fly by the seat of your pants, which always costs more. But anyway, what am I responsible over right now? Yeah. What can I do with it? And yeah. how can I steward that really well? And then another part of it, if you get to go to that budget meeting might be to list out, babe, this is our expenses. Yeah. This is what I'm seeing on my end of the business that we run as a household. Yeah. What does that look like for the budget and stuff like that? So just taking ownership of what you're in charge of, what you're stewarding as as far as finances go. Because a lot of times they may not know. Like we have a lot of clients who are, the husband maybe gets frustrated with the grocery budget and how much it is. And it's like, but have you actually showed him the bill? Have you showed him? It's not just you making up these numbers or it's not just you going out to Chick-fil-A every day. This is literally what Mm -hmm. the groceries are costing from what you need to put food on the table. And so by just showing each other, sitting down and really seeing it all, laying it out on the table, talking about it, having a discussion, it's really going to allow both sides to come in and have a conversation and have input and talk about it. I love how you lay that out. And I can just think of situation. So first, I just want to put in caveat. If you have financial abuse going on in your marriage or household, there's resources and support for that. This conversation isn't about that dynamic. But if we are able to have a conversation as a house partnership of a household to talk about finances, then once a month is like a great goal because then you have, let's say, roughly three other weeks where you should just be hanging out, right, as a partnership and a couple. And so you're sitting down and you're like, no, we're just like friends and a husband and wife are partners in this conversation. And then once a month, one of those is going to be a little more serious. We're going to have a little bit more of receipts out or conversation around finances. And so I think like role play conversations are really helpful for people. So if somebody gets off of this and they're like, okay, I'm going to get off of this. I'm going to go and talk to my partner and I'm going to say, hey, babe, I was thinking it would be cool if what are some ways that you would word that? So Let's keep in mind that a lot of times, and and like you said, there's different things that happen, but there's a lot of similarities with men. And one of them is that they see money as a scorecard. Let's just be real open about that. If on their shoulders is to be a provider, then they're going to see what's happening with their money and what they're bringing in as a scorecard, whether or not they are winning at life. So we want to have 
that in mind, not because we're judging them, not because it's because we love them. So we're going to start the conversation somehow with that. How can I build you up and say, I'm so grateful. Yeah. And, and truly there's a lot, just like there's a lot on your shoulders as mom, there's so much on their shoulders too, as dad, as provider, whatever. So we want to start the conversation with that. How can we build that up? I think you're doing so great. I want to just want to see how we can make really good use of all the hard earned money that you're making, something like that. Just address the fact that it is a scorecard in their mind for the most part. That would be something to start with. Yeah. And I would say one time I had this conversation with, with my husband, he was feeling really down about we were strapped. It, just, it was a season of our life where everything just felt tight. And I sat there and I laid out his paycheck and everything that it was doing. Mm. And I was like, this is what you're providing for our family. This is what we are allowed to do because of your pay. Mm-hmm. And that really helped. It mm-hmm. really was like, oh, it, it took him a minute to go, okay, yeah. this is working. So like Shana said, there's always room for improvement. When we look at client budgets, it's usually never an income problem. It's an expense problem. It's yeah. a spending problem. It just usually is. And so ha- having that conversation and saying, your income is amazing. It's awesome. This is what it's providing for us. Where do you think we could, as a team, yeah. together make better decisions? Are are we getting the cheapest option for auto insurance and home insurance? Do we know that? When was the last time we checked? Do we need all these subscriptions? Do we actually use them all? Yeah. Just asking those questions and not just saying we need to do A, B, C, and D. That never ends well. <laughs> so when you're having these conversations, and even in the beginning, something to do is to ask a question and then mm-hmm. stop talking. And so for me, that's really hard. And this is why the budget meeting eventually is going to be so important. You got to choose yeah. your timing while the kids are running around him in circles because he just got home. So do that. make sure that you guys are that he that one, he doesn't feel cornered. And two, it's not when you're both going to be distracted because that's not going to end well. But ask good questions like that. And then if you have the time, make it the whole reason for doing any of this is your goals, mm-hmm. your vision, what you're excited about doing because you're being good stewards of your money. Because the whole idea is just like, is your everyday money habit? aligning with your values and your goals and what's important to you too. And so asking, what are we going to be doing in 10 years, five years, six years, a year from now? And is our everyday spending with that? And maybe that will spark some thoughts and some conversation to go, well, no, it's not. Or, hey, yeah, actually it is. So good. We all have money that we have to manage. And so this is such an important conversation. I absolutely love this. And I know we could go on forever. There's so many things that we could continue to talk about we talked about envelopes. We talked about multiple bank accounts and utilizing that envelope solution in a digital way. We talked about how you can have your kids be involved in the conversations with your partner. So many good takeaways. But for everyone that's listening today, it's going to be specific, right? So probably the best thing is to book a free 30-minute call with you as you guys have offered. But for even before they get to that spot, Someone gets off of the listening to this and they're like, gosh, yeah, I wish my finances were in a different place. And should I go open five bank accounts? Should I sit down and have a budget conversation with my partner? Should I put jars in my kid's room? What is the very first thing that you would recommend most people that are feeling like, gosh, I can't even believe they just said Christmas is six months away. We're already paycheck to paycheck. If anyone's feeling overwhelmed and they're just like, gosh, I feel worse about my finances after listening to this and I don't know what step to take before booking a call with you, what is one step that they could take? I would say the first step is to print three months of your bank account and look and see what you're spending your money on. That's the number one thing because a lot of times it's a lot worse up here in your head than it actually is on paper. So put your income up top write all your expenses at the bottom and what you're spending your money on. And and maybe you don't know how much you're spending on groceries each month. And that's okay. You're not alone. Just find out what it is that you're spending your money on. And then the next question to ask is, what do I want to be spending my money on? But I wouldn't even worry about that yet. I think the, like Vanessa said, the best thing to do is just get it out. So we call it yep. wrecking balls yep. in your brain. Get it out of there on a paper because it's almost never as bad right. as it seems. But, but also you will see possibility. That's what we do. So just print out uh, that 90 day Thing. And the other thing is just ha- really having that conversation yep. with your spouse about our big dr- dreams and goals, because that gets the why, that gets the positivity in it. And then you're pulled more to your why than you're held back by the overwhelm. And I would love for us just to end this with pouring some belief into someone that's like, I'm already in so much debt. There's no hope for me. There's no way I could make it back. We know that's not true. But can you speak to them really quick? You can do it. I promise you, if you write it on paper and you see what's in front of you, 
you're going to find extra money at the bottom of your budget. Like we said before, it's never usually an income problem. It's always an expense problem. And it's because we maybe see an extra $5 and we spend it. We maybe see an extra $10 this day and we spend it. But if you add that up and really find out how much extra money you have at the end of the month, you're going to be surprised. It's just math. One of our clients, we had to add so many rows of how much debt they had just on our spreadsheet. We had to keep adding rows and they're just doing so good now, but they couldn't even afford groceries no. without using credit cards when we started with them. But the process works. You just have to have the gumption to start. Yeah. That's the deal. That's all it is. The only way to do it is to start because the number one rule of getting out of debt is you can't use debt anymore. So you have to just start and, and wrap your mind around that. It's absolutely possible. We, no matter what your situation is, I guarantee we've had people in collections. We've had people who already signed up for debt relief or a consolidation and we've helped them get out of debt and all of that. So it's so possible. We believe in you. So you can borrow our belief. Amazing. And I would love for you to just share where everyone can connect with you. You guys have a podcast. You're on Instagram. Share where they can receive the most support. And we'll also link everything below, of course. Yeah, well, the number one place to get support and help and tips is our podcast. And so you can just search Ideal Balance in any of your podcast providers and we'll pop up. And then we made a page for your audience at our website. It's myidealbalance.com forward slash MHG for Mama Has Goals. And all of the different ways you can connect with us are on there. Thank you so much for that. And I always like to know, what are some things that you're excited about? Goals that you have. You have kids transitioning into the real teen years, the high school years. You guys have your business really expanding, helping so many people at this point. What are some curtain things that are a priority and a goal for each field? My family is headed to Europe for two and a half weeks next month. So... Our priority right now at this moment is to get through June and just really spend some one-on-one time together. Uh, I would say in the future, I think mission trips, family trips, things like that, that's our new big focus for our family and to make sure, like Shana says, we've got four summers left. <clears throat> I'm dealing with it. It's fine. I saw a little mom and her little two kids the other day at the restaurant. I just looked at my husband. I started following and he's like, what is wrong? And I'm like, did we do enough? Did we teach them enough? I'm still dealing with that, but we have four more summers left. And so for me, it's just really spending that quality time when I have them in yeah. be present. That's what's really important to me as well. When it comes to family, it's definitely it's trying to navigate because momming is not, there's no manual. Nobody tells you what to do. And so, for example, I'm just navigating three different ages and trying to do it as well as I can and just really enjoy my children, which they are very enjoyable. If I make the time yeah. to do that. But as far as our business, we are so excited. We go for a walk on the beach, try to once a week. And I said, if we could give anybody advice that nobody asked us for about business, it would have been to, to focus on one thing because we finally whittled everything down to, to one thing in our business this year. And we have had exponential yeah. growth ever since. And so just watching that faithfulness and doing that and watching the, the reward that comes from it has been really great. And hopefully they don't hear us because they're all out there. Our biggest goal is to make um, enough money with our business so that our husbands can pursue a different career that they want yeah, to do yeah. instead of what they have been having to do to provide for us, which we're all very grateful. Right. And we are on track to get to that. And it's like the biggest, most exciting goal that we have. So exciting. Well, thank you both for being here. I love this conversation. Like I said, we all have money and we can either make it fun or problematic. So thank you so much for pouring into our audience today. Thank you for having us. Yes, we've enjoyed it. Tell a mom in your life that you see and love her by sharing this episode. Giving while your cup is overflowing always pays itself back tenfold when you need it most.